Hey, good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Dude Solutions Podcast. I'm Mark Muschietto, the Chief Marketing Officer of this fine institution. And once again, we're here with our good friend, Bob Bittner. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing great, Mark. Good. Beautiful Friday here. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. It's absolutely gorgeous outside. Which is a stark contrast to how things were here in the uh, southeast a couple of weeks ago when the hurricane blew through. And... Um, you know, as uh, we took a little bit of damage here to the office, and, and we had some some of our colleagues whose homes took some damage. So, of course, our, our our thoughts and prayers are with them. Fortunately, everyone was okay. Um, but you know, I was having a conversation with one of our colleagues, Bob, you know, right after this happened, and um, you know, really the facility managers and the folks who take care of our buildings and our properties really are kind of the unsung heroes in situations like this, aren't they? I mean, absolutely, absolutely. So much goes on behind the scenes that people never even see or know about. And particularly if they're doing their job right, yeah. then uh, things are just go on as usual. You know, and, you, you uh, get to work Monday morning and everything works fine, but you have no idea what may have gone on over the weekend or during the overnights to make sure that that's the case. Exactly. We had, a, we had an incident here at the building that we're in that we lease and we had gotten a notification uh, a few days before uh, Matthew, the hurricane came through, said that they were going to be working on some caulking on the uh, windows outside. Well, the storm got here faster than they, the caulking <laughs> did. And right. uh, even in our own building here, uh, even though this is a, a, a very nice building and well-maintained building, we still had some damage. And no matter how well you prepare, there's probably... Uh, some things that you just can't prevent against. And that's it, right? When these extreme weather pieces pop up and as being a recent transplant from the Boston area, um, I know very well that, that for those of us, uh, those folks who are listening that are in the snow belts, you've got blizzard season coming up, which typically means another whole host of, of weather roads that you need to worry about in, in terms of getting your facility ready, correct? Yeah, and, and it's, not just, uh, it's not just wind or rain. There's every part of our country has things that go on that are unique to their area, whether it's it's hurricanes or tornadoes or huge snowfalls. Uh, we're, none of our clients or our friends are exempt from uh, the possibility of storm and storm damage. Right. Uh, I noticed uh, even after the storm here now, and we've had some uh, pretty dramatic damage down east of us. Uh, I saw in the uh, picture in the news the other day where a, a huge John Deere tractor uh, out in the middle of the field and just the very top of the tractor was showing over the water. And wow. so lots and lots of damage, lots of crop damage, and some things that you, there's no high ground down there to get thing, equipment onto. Right. And, uh, but even here in our own building, uh, we had some water infiltration, which they're now having to go through. And we don't see the workers, that's because they're here at night working. We right. see some of the evidence during the day, but they're in cutting out some walls, making sure they're dry, making sure there's no mold uh, growing behind those walls, and uh, all to protect us as employees and tenants of, of the building. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know that, Bob, in your, in your past, you've certainly walked a mile in, in the shoes of the folks that are, are responsible for making sure that uh, business and school and hospital care and, and life goes on. So. I wonder if you, you could share with our audience, you know, what are some of the, the tips and tricks that you can do as a facility manager or as a maintenance team to kind of 
protect the facility and to mitigate damage from any of the types of storms coming in. And then to your point, doesn't make any difference how well prepared you are. Extreme weather is extreme weather. How do you bounce back from something like this? Exactly. Well, I, I can't uh, overstress enough of being prepared. Uh, we know that these uh, things are going to happen to us. It should not be a surprise to us. In North Carolina, we know sooner or later hurricanes are going to come mm -hmm. through. Uh, we know if we're in the Midwest, strong possibility of tornadoes coming through. And even here in North Carolina, we know up north we're going to have big, harsh winters and, and storm. We may not this winter, but we will next winter. But uh, being prepared for these things on an ongoing basis and not letting things like your roofs, and this is one area that really causes a lot of problems uh, with our facilities, uh, is the roof itself and the exterior of our building, regardless of what type of storm it is, whether it's heavy snow, whether it's a lot of rain, uh, driving rain that comes from a different direction than what we're not normally used to will prevent or will produce um, leaks. So getting out and having a great roof program uh, is, is paramount. And getting out before we know a storm is coming. Um, sometimes we don't have that, that luxury, particularly if it's a tornado. Sure. But in a lot of these storms, we know that it's coming. We know something that's going to happen. And so getting out, getting on the roof, making sure the debris is off the roof, making sure roof drains are open and not plugged, making sure the scuppers around the edge of the roof are open so that if the rains are so great that the roof drains can't take it, that the water can get off in a different manner. And just so much work uh, to be done beforehand. And lots of times you will see this going on. You may not realize it, but people will be up on the roof. People will be checking around the outside of the building. So if there's things, if, particularly if there's any constructions going on around the site, to make sure things are battened down so things aren't flying and, and have the potential of, of hitting people. Also in the area of tree maintenance. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't think about that a lot of times, but in our parking lots today, there's a lot of big trees. And so going out, making sure there's not uh, heavy dead limbs in those trees that need to be gotten out beforehand. So number one, first of all, that no person gets hit with anything. And number two, that there's no property damage from vehicles or whatever might be in the parking lot. So just a lot to think about on the outside of the building. And then also most of our facility managers are responsible uh, or take a great responsibility for the tenants that are in their building, the occupancies of the building. Sure. How do they get out? What is the best safest route? Uh, do they stay in helping make a lot of those decisions should a storm come up? What do we do right now? Uh, particularly in a tornado driven area, we're all required to have a safe zone, someplace inside, uh, away from glass. And um, how, do you, how do you make sure those places are ready? Um, another one is our stairwells. We have a, a great habit a lot of times from our facilities uh, folks, particularly from occupants of the building saying, oh, this would be a great place to store whatever in, in the bottom of our uh, fire escapes. And so big boxes are plugged in there and uh, we just don't have enough storage space, particularly in schools and teachers love to put desks in there and put all kinds yeah. of the old uh, Halloween costumes that they're right there in now today, uh, rummaging through getting out uh, in our stairwells because there's no place else to store them. But in the time of an emergency, time of a fire, uh, those places need to be free of that. And so that's why we uh, stress so hard and, and we fight so hard 
uh, sometimes with our tenants and our occupancy of the building to keep those things clean because we know we're going to get written up on those. Right. And then, you know, so keeping the, the facility itself um, cleared of egress routes and things like that is one part of it. But then the other part is you need to make sure that whether they're tenants, whether they're residents, whether they're teachers and students, that they understand what is the emergency and evacuation plan, correct? That's some of the best practices in making sure that everyone's up to snuff. You've got the facility up to speed. You have to make sure that the people in it are up to speed too, right? And when, when you have the prediction or the storm is on the way, it's too late to develop the, the policy. Right. And so <laughs> I, I know it sometimes just is just a task that uh, is hard to do. And you think, well, I can put that off a little longer. I, can, I have a more pressing need today. Mm-hmm. But we never know when we're going to need that policy or that procedure. And so I can't stress enough about uh, having the policies and procedures in ahead of time. And uh, that's everything from how you respond to, uh, to a fire, to a flood, to a tornado, um, all the way through to, to uh, even some very minor things. Uh, how, do you, how do you handle a situation where uh, an unwanted visitor might be in the building. Mm. And uh, how does that, how do, you, how do you handle that situation? And uh, being prepared for that. And it, those things may seem worlds apart from a tornado to uh, an unwanted visitor in the building, but when you're really looking at policies and procedures of how your people are gonna respond in a certain situation, they're not. Yeah, uh, exactly. They, they come very close together. And the damage may be different, the force may be different, but it's still uh, still in there. And so, you know, there are a lot of great resources out there to help us with those. Uh, a lot, even a lot of free resources. Uh, insurance companies, for example, are great resources to say, come in and evaluate my facility and let me know, am I prepared for a storm? Am I prepared for uh, something that might happen within my facility? And everybody doesn't have to reinvent these policies and procedures uh, on their own. So help me, Mr. Insurance Carrier, because it benefits them as sure. well. And many times they have resources that they're willing to, to give you and really go a long way to help you achieve that. Uh, the insurance company Department of, of uh, Labor in our states uh, are willing to do that. Um, OSHA. We have, that, we have that dirty word that a lot of facility <laughs> managers uh, don't like to, to say, oh, well, I'm not inviting OSHA in. Yeah, people but, are listening and cringing when you yeah, use that yeah, four-letter Yeah, they're thinking fines, and they're going to find what I'm doing wrong and, and find me. But there's actually a way that you can bring OSHA in, and uh, they agree not to cite you for anything, uh, and they will help and coach and lead you through a process. So why not use that? Uh, FEMA is another one. Uh, FEMA will come in and help and coach and guide you. Uh, I know when we had a, uh, a tornado that came through Raleigh uh, several years ago and I was with the school system, one of the things that uh, uh, afterwards we had 16 campuses damaged and some very significant damage. And uh, FEMA came in and we got some funding back from FEMA. But one of the things that we didn't realize early on was when FEMA was going to reimburse us. They were going to, of all the tree limbs and branches and trees and everything, that hundreds of truckloads of stuff that we hauled off uh, to be to be di- uh, discarded, FEMA wanted to know how many tons that was. We had it really? in loads, 
and they wanted to know how many tons because they were going to reimburse us via tons. And so we knew the loads, but we didn't know the tons. So we had to go back and recreate and create what was a, how much was a standard load. Oh, had we known that on the front end, you know, you just say to the trucker, get us tons, tell us how many tons this is. Mm -hmm. And uh, so just little things like that to know that really saves a lot of time on the back end. And it, it's knowing about it ahead of time, it's documenting it and then it's sharing it out. And I think that, you know, certainly what we hear from our client base is that I think historically everyone's used to printing the, your big binder, right? You've got yep. your emergency response binder. Paper ages pretty quickly. Policies change pretty quickly, you know, especially in institutions like schools. It, there are tragedies that pop up on the news that force a change in policy. So, you know, one of the things that we're hearing is that everyone's got these great mobile devices and smartphones in their pockets. And are there ways that you can leverage that technology to kind of share out these plans? So everyone literally has it on their fingertips. That's pretty consistent with what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I often joke in, uh, particularly with some of us older guys in facilities, you know, a lot of times we're less uh, uh, willing to adapt to technology. And uh, there's so much available online and so many uh, options to have that information available. Uh, but I always say, you know, you ought to get your grandkids to train you well ahead of the event because you're probably not going to be able to call them when the fire starts or the storm comes in to get you to sign on. So get your grandkids to uh, get you uh, comfortable with using an iPad or an iPhone or an Android device uh, so that you're comfortable in using it. And I know uh, here at, the, at Dude Solutions, we have a great uh, application that uh, we can uh, publish a lot of documents, a lot of uh, procedures, and have them available uh, even when cell signal goes out, yeah. uh, which is which is huge, uh, because I, I think the service has gotten much more reliable. But uh, about eight years ago, we had an ice storm here in Raleigh, and this was uh, this would really kind of uh, uh, be comical to you coming from the Boston area. <laughs> But um, I've seen pictures. It looked real deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, scary. about three quarters of an inch of ice and it just shut down the whole city and the whole county. And we had kids spending the night in schools. And the interesting thing was, was that uh, we lost cell phone uh, coverage. And uh, so communicating with bus drivers out there, knowing where people were, being able to, to call uh, a big deal. Yeah. And uh, what do you do? I think it's become more prevalent. One of the things that, that uh, uh, we did at the school system was they bought some satellite phones. And I don't know if you've ever used a satellite phone, but back in the old days when the phone, the, uh, your, your mobile phone was a bag phone, that's what this was, although it was a case phone. It was like it comes in like a small suitcase and wow. we carried them in the backs of our cars. So we had, and then you had to remember, well, did I uh, did I charge up my uh, my cell my satellite phone recently? So if I need it, it's available. But uh, being prepared, I think, is just uh, is just the key to round all of it. And being prepared far enough out in advance, uh, having the proper tools and equipment in place. Uh, we had a uh, we had a, a disaster response trailer that we had at the school system, where we had water and we had cones and safety tapes and, and ladders and chainsaws and, and shovels and picks and lots of things uh, that we would need to in a response uh, 
that we could pull to a site and use. Um, so just, just a lot of different things to be thoughtful of uh, in doing that. But I just can't stress enough about taking the time early on to be prepared. And then there are so many different departments that are involved with something. Uh, you've got HR, human resources, mm -hmm. that are involved in a lot of these things. How, and they really revolve around how do you deal with the occupants of the building, right. the residents or the students or the staff or the tenants of a building. Uh, how do we treat them and how do we make sure that they're safe? So a, a key component in that, obviously finance, key part. How do you minimize damage and how do you maximize your return from insurance or FEMA or whatever else there is involved? And uh, then just the actual preservation of the asset that we as facility managers are extremely responsible for. Sure. Uh, and which impacts all the rest of those things. And I think too, another component of it is, you know, if, if things, if damage occurs and if there are challenges that are kind of beyond what you have on staff and what you can handle on yourself, having your go-to resource in case of an emergency like that, right? So I know that, that one of the strategic alliance partners that, that you've been very close to here, Bob, is Belfour, right? Yep. Um, so having those types of services on, on speed dial, for lack of a better term. Yeah, exactly. and and. Uh, the time to learn about them is not the time that the snow is coming or the rain is coming or the floods coming in the building. It's now. It's when it's a beautiful day outside right. and you're thinking, you have a little chance to think today, if something were to happen, who do I call? How do I bring in a resource? And so one of our partners, uh, Belfour in the restoration business, uh, great company, uh, great response time, uh, have lots of resources you need to be familiar with them. You need to have talked with them ahead of time, arrange for things. And I always say that uh, those that are gonna to respond to you, particularly if it's a major disaster where there's lots of facilities that are damaged, i.e. in something like Matthew that came through mm -hmm. uh, up the East Coast, a lot of contractors are going to be covered up. And so make sure you have a relationship with them before an event happens, not wait till after. So know who to call. Have some kind of a contract in place or an agreement in place, if not a contract. Know generally how much it's going to cost you. Uh, how much is it gonna cost you per hour to have tree removal done? How much is it gonna cost you per hour to have windows boarded up and protect the equipment? Because a lot of that will happen immediately after an event and uh, you don't have time to negotiate. And that puts you in a, in a liable state of being taken advantage of, yeah. of uh, people coming in and, and the uh, storm chase chasers that will come in. And at that point, you're just kind of at their, their, uh, their beck and call yeah. because, you know, you don't, uh, you don't have, you haven't negotiated something. So again, preparation, 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 preparation. And don't think that you're going to be exempt from it right? because you're not. Uh, throughout my career, you know, a number of different events happened uh, and never two alike, but always a common denominator that the more prepared you were, the better you bounced back, the more finances you recovered, the less possible damage there was to facilities, and most importantly, uh, less uh, potential of harm to the occupants of the building. Absolutely, and I think that, that kind of under that banner of preparedness and and be ready while the sun is shining. Any recommendations around 
preventative maintenance best practices, and, and we can even just pick roofs. And again, coming from New England, someone who's had more than one waterfall in his house due to ice dams, I know being prepared, nothing beats that. From a, from a PM schedule or a PM rotation standpoint, any recommendations on kind of best practices for that around some of these larger facilities? Well, I think, uh, uh, yes, the, the roof, obviously, and somebody ought to be on your roof looking at it that knows what they're looking at it on a quarterly basis at least. Okay. Uh, just a, And a lot of times that's just a quick walkthrough to make sure that after a big storm that nothing's been ripped up, uh, there's no damage, uh, something being predicted go up, you know, after leaves fall, uh, after the spring uh, thaw when everything goes and there's stuff that gets up on your roof, uh, gutters get clogged, make sure they're clean. Usually it doesn't, if you keep up with it, to, to walk a, a building of 100,000 square feet shouldn't take more than 15 or 20 minutes mm -hmm. uh, just to make sure that there's no damage, that uh, things are open and clear. Uh, the, other, the other area is a lot of times, and this is where we had problems with this building uh, with the last rain, is that the facade of the building that uh, joints are properly caulked and windows are sealed, mm -hmm. windows are down and locked, and uh, just, you know, those kind of, those kind of uh, things that you look for uh, as potential damage, as well as all of the interior things that... Uh, could happen in the case of a fire where we do a walkthrough and make sure, obviously, we have a requirement to inspect um, uh, exit lights and emergency lights and fire extinguishers and things like that, that uh, we often say, we, well, we've never had a fire, but what's going to happen this afternoon? We don't right. know, right? right? Uh, so all of those things that both that we're required to do by code, we need to be doing, and then those things that really protect our uh, our facility long-term, um, that particularly the outside. And then also just walking the property. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said earlier about dead trees, things that look suspicious. Uh, a lot of times we'll have uh, drainage ditches on our property. We need to make sure that they're free and clear and things can flow off of our property. Uh, storm drains, that they're open and, and not plugged. And, and also that... Um, you know, we're not putting the environment in, in jeopardy by certain things being uh, uh, fuel tanks and so forth that, they, that they're not in a position that uh, we're going to have a major spill to clean up. Absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, really just to close it out, the, the preparedness and the unpredictability of what you face from, from Mother Nature, I mean, it's, it's something that we're all just going to have to contend with. But making sure you have your ducks in a row ahead of time, make sure you have your plans in place and the people that need to know the plans are in the know, particularly when those plans change. And you're gonna be in a much better place kind of as the storm blows through and you're assessing versus, you know, can make the difference between bailing out and opening the doors, right? And, and, I, and I wouldn't, um, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say that uh, you need to have a good scheduled procedure. It needs to be on a schedule. It needs to be documented. And don't leave it up to memory. Don't leave it up to when I can get to it kind of thing. It needs to be made a priority so that it gets taken care of uh, on a regular basis and not pushed out. Because then at the moment a storm's coming, then you're going to be pushed up against. And 
holy man, I've got all this stuff out here to do, and I just don't have the resources to do it today. Yeah, yeah. The Mother Nature has her own timetable that is non-negotiable sometimes, yeah. right? So, Well, Bob, as usual, great conversation, sir. Appreciate the insights. Absolutely. It's good to be here today. It's a beautiful day. I hope we don't have a, 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 a some kind of a disaster today, <laughs> but if we do, we're prepared. We're prepared. If it's beautiful where you're at, go check your roofs right now. Absolutely. All right, sir. Till next time, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Bob. Have a great day. And uh, you can find us on Stitcher and iTunes. And uh, we hope you subscribe and listen to us again. Absolutely. Have a great day, everyone.